Hey there, fellow travel lovers, and welcome to Wanderlust at 35 Plus, the podcast that explores travel during our peak season of life. I'm your host, Stephanie Ritz, an entrepreneur and full-time traveler, and I'll be your guide on this incredible adventure. If you're at a point in life where you're craving more excitement, exploration, and unforgettable moments, you're in the right place, my friend. This is your ticket to discovering the world and redefining what it means to live life to the fullest. In each episode, I'll share practical tips for making travel a lifestyle and take you behind the scenes of travel life as I share the ups and downs of life abroad. So whether you're a seasoned traveler looking for fresh inspo or just starting to dream of making travel a lifestyle, Wanderlust at 35 plus is your compass to a life well-traveled and filled with adventure, and maybe even a little shenanigans. Let's go. Hey, hey there, travel friend. Today, we're going to be exploring Lisbon, Portugal as part of our destination discovery series. Now, there's a ton of information already online on different destinations and what to expect. So with this series, I'm bringing my saucy flavor and sharing my experience on the categories that I find most impactful in my travels. So I'm going to be talking about the vibe, beauty, the food, friendliness, things to do, and I'll be answering the questions, should you buy a ticket and how long should you stay? So I'm going to keep it real and share my perspective on different destinations in this destination discovery series. So let's talk about Lisbon. I spent three and a half weeks in Lisbon in May, which is an absolutely stunning time of year to go. It was so beautiful. And I will say that it's the start of tourist season. So it was very, very packed. And I think that could have had an impact on some of these categories, which I'll dive more into as we go through them. So I would say probably May to September is always going to be busy. Lisbon is a very popular tourist destination and for good reason. I chose Lisbon as my first location for my digital nomad life, so it has a special place in my heart. This is where it all kind of started for me after I quit my job, so I had a lot of adjusting to do, both financially and mentally. I was literally going out into the world by myself for a long time, and it was very intimidating. Even though I had done all of these things to prepare, actually doing it was a whole other story. And my second trip had already been booked prior to me knowing that I was even going to be doing this whole digital nomad thing. So I needed to pick a place logistically that made sense for the second destination that I was going to, which was going to be a safari in Kenya. I could have probably picked a lot closer of a destination, but I thought coming from the U.S., This is the most Western city that I could go to in Europe, so it'll be an easy ride and it does get me a little bit closer to Kenya. A lot of people had been saying so many wonderful things about Lisbon, and it wasn't necessarily a place that was high on my list, but I wanted somewhere that I knew was just going to be sort of easy. And being inexpensive was a priority for me when I started out because I really had no idea about budgeting. I was making a lot of assumptions around my budget and how this was going to work until I actually put it into practice. I didn't know if what I had planned was going to be effective or not. So cheap, easy, 
That's what I was looking for. And a place that everybody said that I would love. And Lisbon kept coming up over and over again. So that's how I ended up there. I flew business class Air France to get there, which you can hear all about in episode four, where I share how I paid under $235 for my flight. So let me take you through some of these categories and share my personal thoughts around whether this is a place you may want to consider adding to your list. And I want to start with the vibe because for me, this is like one of the most important things around the locations that I choose. Do I feel like I love being here? Is this an awesome place to be? Is this a place where I would say to a friend like, you're going to love it here? The vibe for me, it's just kind of that feeling you get from being in a place. The vibe for Lisbon is definitely a yes for me. And if I had to pick a word for Lisbon, it would be charm. It was just so damn charming, which kind of goes into the beauty category, which I'm going to get into next. But everything about just how the streets would lead you into little squares, how the shops were lined up, all the little restaurants in the alleys, the mixture of high-end shopping with local shops and the beauty of nature in so many different ways. And it was just a laid back culture. Like you could sit and have a coffee and a pastel and just sit there for hours. No one's going to bother you. There's just an easiness in the air. There was pop-up coffee shops and people entertaining in the streets. So it creates just a laid back, fun, easygoing vibe. And I just absolutely loved it. It also felt like being in San Francisco. There's a lot of hills, electric trolleys, and even a replica of the San Francisco Bridge. So expect to give your calves a workout, especially right outside of the downtown area. The one thing I didn't love about the vibe was the smoking. Apparently, lung cancer isn't a big concern in Europe. Eating outside could take a quick left turn if you're sitting next to a local and it happens more often than not that smoke may interfere with your breath of fresh air. Not a great segue, but I want to talk about Lisbon's beauty. So one of the things you may have heard that Lisbon is famous for is the tile. The tile is a major draw for people to come to Lisbon. And I don't know much about architecture, the design and the specific aesthetic of things. It's not my thing. I just look at something and I either marvel at it or feel wowed by it, or it's just another building or house. I appreciate it, but don't know a lot about it. And I really underestimated how incredible the tile was going to be or how impactful it was going to be to my experience there. But when you see the tile literally lined along the street and you're seeing it on the houses throughout the city, it brings an element of beauty that's almost indescribable. You can feel the old world vibe in the tile, but it's also what makes it so charming. It's like the feeling you get from being on a cobblestone street, but different because it's just so unique. And again, it's hard to articulate why that's such a beautiful and powerful thing. But once you see it, you'll know like there's really something magical that the tile brings to the city that makes it just so cool and historic. And speaking of history, you can really feel the history of Lisbon. I found a bookstore when I was on my accidental date with my Airbnb host, which if you have not heard that episode, go back to episode three because it'll give you a lot of perspective on everything that happened in my first 24 hours of being in Lisbon which was just wild. But we found this bookstore that had been open since 1732. Like 
that was just crazy to me. It made me really feel just how young America was compared to Europe. And you can feel the history just walking around the city. So expanding on the beauty aspect and the variety of different nature to enjoy, you've got a small beach area on the outskirt of the city, but bigger beaches outside of the city. And you've got gorgeous parks in and around the city as well. And it was all just beautiful. The waterfront in the evening was gorgeous. Everyone gathers on the steps lining the water to just sit and gaze and hang out with friends and lovers and just take in the sunset. The big squares with the statues and the shops, just all of those elements combined made this a really beautiful, charming city. But the high-end shopping center with the tile-lined streets and tall trees shading the walkway with the pop-up coffee shops, that to me was the most beautiful part of the whole city. I could have sat and just walked up and down those streets admiring the gorgeous shops and taking in the natural beauty and the designed beauty of this very gorgeous but busy city. I loved that beautiful aspect. That was my favorite. So now let's talk about the food. Seafood is definitely a big thing in Lisbon. Sardines are especially a big thing, which for me, I actually loved because it reminded me so much of my grandfather. He always had tin cans of sardines. So when I found this sardine shop that was literally filled with cans of sardines set up in a carnival-like display, it was very nostalgic for me. It brought me back to my childhood of watching my grandfather in horror opening up these tin cans of sardines and eating them. But also, when I had that accidental dinner date with my Airbnb host, he ordered sardines, like fresh sardines, and eating them freshly prepared and the way that they should be, like normal size sardines, was just a really cool, different experience. And it wasn't bad at all. So I will say, if you're a seafood lover, you're really going to enjoy Lisbon. But also, their pastries are on point. On several of the different tours that I did, the host or guide would include a pastel, which is one of their favorite custard treats, which I enjoyed. There are one or two very famous places that are supposed to have the best pastels, as there are in every city, right? Like in Philly, we have the places that have the best cheesesteaks, but they're actually like several places and it's very subjective, but they're very competitive about their pastels in Lisbon. So you can enjoy going around and finding your favorite pastels. But even outside of that, I would say go to the timeout market and enjoy a bunch of different types of foods. Just spend an afternoon eating your way through the market and enjoying some local flavor. And you'll find a lot of things, not just seafood, but also a lot of interesting and cool meat dishes as well. And I had this donut that I'm still dreaming about. Donuts and pie are my biggest weakness, and I try to be a healthy eater, but oh man, it takes a lot of willpower to say no to donuts. And they just had this display case that was the most incredible designer donuts that I just couldn't pass up. But getting beyond my donut obsession, if you're a seafood lover, you're especially going to love it. I'm a seafood lover, and the seafood is prepared differently from America, so you kind of have to be prepared for that as well. Like when you get the fish, the skin is on and the bones are in there. You kind of have to peel it back and get in there to get to your fish. So it's a different experience, but boy, is it fresh. I personally loved it. Also, 
it's Europe. So it's warm in May and they had wonderful gelato. So if you have a sweet tooth between the pastries and the gelato, you'll be good to go. I also have to give honorable mention to the wine. And while the word inexpensive is a more sophisticated way to put it, I'm just going to say it how I feel it. That shit was cheap. OMG, both at the store and the restaurants, you could get a lovely bottle of wine for what you'd pay for a single glass in America. I highly suggest trying the house wine because it's usually a great option if you don't know a lot about wine, but I also loved how cheap it was, especially for the quality. The last thing that I'll say about the food is that if there's someone waving at you to sit in their restaurant with an English menu in their hand, you're not going to an authentic Portuguese experience. It's a tourist trap. Find a local restaurant and use Google Translate if necessary, but that's where you'll really get the full authentic experience and you're just going to absolutely love it. The next category is friendliness. So we'll say it was like a 60-40 split for me on friendliness. And again, I think this was impacted by just the amount of tourists coming into the city. Like it was flooded with tourists in May. I wouldn't say overall that they were unfriendly. I talked about the grocery store experience in the last episode and how the cashiers at the checkout counter pulled no punches. Like they were tough, tough cookies. But also like their store was cramped and filled with people. There was a lot of people trying to get through and they wanted to be efficient. And I'll say if you don't speak the language, you can tell that that was irritating for them. I got the feeling that they would prefer to serve locals. That was kind of the sense that I got in some of the smaller restaurants. They weren't rude. They just were not overly friendly or helpful in trying to support you if you didn't speak the language. So I would say be prepared for that a little bit. I'm from Philly, so I get a clear sense of rude, which probably would have been easier for me to swallow. Being rude is clear. It's a transparent thing. This was more just an undertone of annoyance, which maybe was my own sense of insecurity, being a new traveler and not feeling confident in my ability to handle not knowing the language. But I think if you were to go in the off season when it wasn't so filled with tourists, I honestly think it would be a different experience. So to be determined on that, but I would say that it's not a deal breaker for people who want to go to Lisbon. There are many wonderful, lovely people there. I ended up becoming a little bit of a local at one of the bars next to my Airbnb. And the staff was amazing and really friendly. And there was literally a pop-up dance party in the middle of downtown where they invited strangers passing by to join in and dance with them. It was a really beautiful and heartwarming thing that I've never seen anything like this before. And so just like everywhere else, there's going to be people who are nice and some people who are irritated by all the tourists in their city. So I'm going to say, yeah, it's a split decision on friendliness, but absolutely not to the point where it's a deal breaker. So let's move on to things to do. Lisbon's the kind of city where you could just walk for hours, which is something that I love to do. No agenda, just walk and see what you run into. 
And I really enjoyed just the beauty and opportunity that was within Lisbon. I didn't feel like I needed to go out and do other things. I was finding all of these little places and nooks and crannies and adorable little pop-up coffee shops, and I really enjoyed being in the city. But there were a few things I did outside of just walking around for hours. If you're a music lover or just want to appreciate the local culture, you can go to dinner and a fado show, which is a very famous music experience that they have in Lisbon. You can go and enjoy the different history or architecture throughout the city, which is a whole experience in itself with the hillside neighborhoods, the old elevator in the city center that people line around the corner to go up, or the different squares and statues around town. You can Uber, take the train or a trolley to different areas of the city to see the different architecture and statues or get your steps in while you take it all in. If you just spent three days doing that, I think you'd love it if you appreciate seeing the history of a city. But a couple of other noteworthy experiences that I personally explored include Sintra. Going to Sintra was like stepping into a fairy tale multiple castles, houses of worship, and just stunningly beautiful greenery. It's just a place that you would love to go and experience for a half day or even a full day. You can buy tickets to go tour inside different castles if that's something that's interesting for you, or you can literally just walk around the city and you'll be captured by its beauty. So that's definitely a day trip that I think is worth doing. They also have incredible beaches nearby. So if you're brave enough to try out the notoriously freezing cold water, the beaches with their surrounding cliffs are actually beautiful. I did a kayak tour to take in more of the natural beauty from a sea view, and I had no intention of actually going in the water just outside of being in the boat. Even though one of the stops on the kayak tour was going to the secluded beach, I didn't have any intention of actually swimming. However, unfortunately for me, I did get to experience the freezing cold water. No, my kayak didn't capsize. This was absolutely self-induced. The day I went kayaking, the water was very choppy and our tour guide kept stopping to explain different things about the nature and things around the park. And every time we'd stop, I was just sitting in the water in the boat and the waves were just going up and down and it was making me extremely motion sick. And that was not something I was prepared for. I'm prone to motion sickness, but kayaking isn't something that I ever would have thought I would have gotten motion sickness from. But in fact, I did. And the only way to shock it out of me to be able to continue the tour was to literally jump in the water. And it was incredibly freezing. Beautiful, but freezing. So To the tour guide's horror, I informed him that I would be swimming back to the beach, even though it was not a short distance. I'm a very strong swimmer, and there was no way I was getting back in that kayak. I felt so terrible being in there, and I could see the beach in my sight line. I literally swam all the way back to the shore, and my poor tour guide, I think he was so scared that I wasn't going to make it back. He's never seen anybody do that before, especially because the water was so freezing, and it was a really far distance. But yeah, that was a choice I made, and I confirmed that the water was safe, like nothing was going to attack me on my way back to the shore, and it felt so much better to swim than get back 
into that boat. So I did experience the beaches and the water firsthand. And I would say if you're a beach lover and you're going to be in Lisbon for the beach, maybe the end of summer is better or when it's very, very hot, which they do experience some extreme heat waves, that may be a better time to try out the water. One of the other very famous landmarks outside of the city is Cabo de Roca, otherwise referred to as the edge of the world. It was a really beautiful moment to be up there, thinking back hundreds of years where they stood on this point, which is the most western point of Europe. Looking out, all you can see is the ocean. On the other side of that, of course, is America. But back in the day, they didn't know that it was there. So they truly thought that that was the edge of the earth. And so once you go out on the water, you'll eventually fall off the earth. And so just knowing that and being in that space and looking out into the water was a really cool, unique experience. It's absolutely worth the trip up there. It's very windy, but it's very scenic and beautiful. So pack a jacket for sure. It's chilly being on the edge of the earth, but also one of those moments that you want to keep with you. So it's worth going. So those are some of the things that I did when I was in Lisbon outside of taking in the nightlife and enjoying different restaurants. It's truly a beautiful place to just sit and experience what you're seeing around you and it allows for that type of culture as well. So should you buy a ticket? 100% yes. Yes, you should. I highly recommend going to Lisbon. Plan to spend, I would say, five to seven days, just depending on how many things there that you want to do. Porto is another major destination in Portugal that a lot of people go to that can be a day trip from Lisbon. It's a couple of hours by train, so it'll be a long day if you only do like a back and forth in one day. So maybe an overnight or add it on to your trip. But I have not visited there yet, but it's on my list and booked for 2024. So I'll be able to share more specifically a comparison of the two cities after I go there. So stay tuned for that. But that's just another city that you may want to consider adding on that has incredible reviews and people rave about it. So that is the end of our destination discovery for Lisbon. But head over to my Instagram at The Lux Life Abroad to see pictures highlighted from this podcast episode if you want a more visual look at the beauty of Lisbon and some of the behind the scenes things that I did. I'll be sharing a lot around this particular episode so you can take a look for yourself and see if there's a draw for you to add Lisbon to your list. For now, I'll say adios until next time. Thanks for listening and being a part of our Wanderlust at 35 Plus Travel Community. I hope you're feeling inspired and excited to start planning your next adventure. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed our travel chat, a five-star rating and review goes a long way in helping other travel lovers to find us. My friend, this is the perfect time to write your own travel story. So whether you're a newbie, a seasoned explorer, or a solo traveler, now is the time to fulfill those travel dreams and start making memories. Until next time, remember, life is short, but the world is wide. Let's make every moment count. Safe travels, and I'll see you on the next episode of Wanderlust at 35+. Plus.